Exploring thoughts and dramatic mysteries, wonderful worlds of fantasy, denying love of the heart that beats within your chest, or is it just your imagination? Let's dive into a world of novels as we read books from all over, from writing and reading reviews to interviews, one-on-one sessions, and honest writing opinions. Keeping it real on Mystical Mode. This episode may contain sexual scenes, sexual premises, and also the fact that it may contain violence and very harsh language. I do not continue listening for all of the younger readers under the age of 16. So, without further ado, let's get into this episode of Mystical Mode. But you have been warned. What's good, you guys? We got another awesome episode out here today. Today, we are reviewing an author that goes by the name of Moon Phoenix One. And this author is always up on Inkit, and their link is always in the bio. If you want your story put on this podcast episode, feel free to email me or even send me a little voice message as it's always up in my Anchor account and more. But let's get back to this awesome writer. This writer writes in their bio, a dreamer who lives in their stories. That's amazing. If I can live in my stories, bro, I tell you, I would have like a six pack. I'd be six feet tall. I would ride motorcycles like over cliffs that would like have those those big dramatic explosions at the end for like absolutely like no reason. But like, why not? You know what? Short people, we can dream big. Okay, just because we're five two doesn't mean we're below average. Where are all my shorties at? But back to (laughs) back to the reading at hand. Today we are going to be reviewing Magnolia. It's a romance novel. It hasn't had any reviews yet as far as I can see, but when I tell you the cover for this novel is magnifique. I love the eeriness that you put behind it. It's like a full black like a full black background, but also like the spine of like a female. So guys, watch out for this cuz I'm pretty sure there are some pretty heated scenes in this novel. So if you were always under the age of 16, make sure you get permission from your parents cuz I do not need a five paragraph email as to why are you teaching my children about this type of stuff, mystic. I don't need that in my life. Not even gonna lie. So, let's get into this awesome review as we get into this more mystical mode. Magnolia is a 23-year-old virgin and a successful jewelry designer. She lives her peaceful life until she meets the Valentine brothers and stepbrothers into an upper-class society. Trapped between two powerful and handsome lovers, she finds herself lost and drowned in unknown feelings. What decision will she make in her future? Which path will she choose? My Magnolia, my love, my muse, you can't deny me. (laughs) You belong to me. Do you understand? I will destroy the whole world to hold you in my arms again. That summary was very, very interesting, but also at the same time, I am a little bit nitpicky, so especially when it comes to romance, it's not that I judge romance in a very harsh setting, or it's not that I think that no romance novel is good enough or will ever be, it's just that most romantic novels fall in with a 
it just falls into organicness to me. Like, I've seen so many different stories have the same plot, the same idea, just different characters and different names. So, you're, while your mm, while your summary is very, it's very interesting, it's also very unique at the same time while it is still original. Like, Magnolia is a 23-year-old virgin successful jewelry designer. Okay, I've never heard of one of them being a jewelry designer. You, most of the romantic stories where the girl meets a rich guy, nine times... Seven times out of ten, she's actually poor. Well, actually, seven times out of ten, I'm going to make that actually a 78%. But, <laughs> going away from the numbers, it's just that that has some originalness to Like, it has a unique factor to it that I could really appreciate. But at the same time, you then you're just in a trap between two powerful and handsome lovers. Okay, so when you get into two powerful and handsome lovers, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen that exact same phrase written in so many other novels. Especially when it comes to romance, especially in fictional, fictional stories. Sure, guys, it's all great and dandy, but I read books 24-7. I am constantly doing reviews. I am constantly putting down comments. I am constantly reading novels. And I'm also constantly getting out of my comfort zone trying to experience new ways of writing and also new writers just in general. So when I see the same phrase written over and over and over again when it comes to romance novels especially, I don't want to sound biased towards romance, but... Not gonna lie, my romance opinions are pretty down there. But it's not that there's not any like good romantic stories out there. Trust and believe, I've read some phenomenal, oh, they make me cry even up to this moment. Some phenomenal work, work by some phenomenal writers. Oh my god, but it's just that they had such a unique factor into it. They didn't say like between two lovers. No. It's something different. Like, I even read a story about a guy who fell in love with his, like, brother's fiance, but they weren't going to get together because the brother's fiance already had children that wasn't even his, but the other brother knew about it. Like, just stuff like that. And now she actually fell in love with both of them, and she doesn't know what to do because she's married to one, but she likes another one. Like, that type of drama? Mm-mm. That type of juicy, scrum, diddly-yumptious drama is what really gets me into romance. I love the drama. I love the all of the cute little scenes. Like, the guy just does little things, and it means so much. Now, I don't know about you guys, but one of my significant other does the little things. It just means so much, and I can bond with it, and I can relate to that more than I can relate to some of these other romance novels. Sure. While I am a major Weave fan, and I can definitely be crushing over some 2D characters, much to my significant other's dismay, it's at the same time, it's just not the same. So if you're going to write an original romance piece, I don't know what to tell you. You just have to make it unique. You have to make it yours in some type of way. You don't make it yours by adding on different character names. But one thing I can definitely appreciate about this writer is that in the first beginning chapters, this writer definitely does do something different than I have actually, out of all my years of writing, reading, and reviewing, I have actually never seen before. Which is actually astounding. It takes a lot. It really does. It does take a lot to surprise me nowadays, especially when it comes to reading of the many novels that I've read. 
but also at the same time, Trapped Between Two Powerful and Handsome Lovers really just did not do it for me. It really didn't give the story as much justice as it could have had. Also in the beginning, which de what decision will which decision will make which decision will she make for her future? Which path will she choose? Okay, clearly you're saying could choose between one or the other. The good guy versus the bad guy. The lighter brother versus the darker brother. Okay, we all watch Vampire Diaries. We already know how this is going to go. And we already know how this played out, especially with Elena Gilbert being bipolar. There is no right answer to these things. And that's another thing that I just do not like about romance. When you're picking between two people. There is no right answer. The only answer that you can give to these people is honestly, at the end of the day, just some love. Just some love. Everybody wants to be wolves, but at the same time, picking between two people? Why not three people? Why not picking between your stepsister and uh, the random guy down the street? Why not switch it up? Make it different. Make it yours. Other than that, those last two quotes at the end, like my Mongol my Mongolia, my love, my muse, you cannot deny me, you belong to me. Do you understand? That is such a dom piece that I actually really can appreciate it. After like out of, out of everything in this whole entire summary, this one quote right here is something that I can appreciate to the highest factor of life. It screams dominance, power, and presence. That is also something unique to your story that you definitely bring to the table, and that's absolutely amazing. Like I said earlier, I read a lot of books, and that really surprised me, and that's really, really, hmm. It's a real piece of um, work right there. Definitely screams dominant energy, which is absolutely amazing. But let's get into the chapter read as we'll be reading chapter one of Mongolia. I rushed up the stairs to the second floor of the Barnards, one of the most luxurious and high-profile jewelry brands in the world. And I was late, thanks to fucking Katie and her non-stop blabbering about some guy she was dating for a week. Ugh, I don't even remember his name because of her never-ending boyfriend list. I knew she was an actual definition of the word, uh, what do you call it? Oh yeah, a bitch. Unlike me, of course. My virgin fucking 23-year-old. Well, I've been a virgin for so long, but I haven't done it purposefully. It's just that it never happened. One of my two boyfriends turned out to be gay. I, I thought being with me would have helped him find his true sexuality. I only considered him fortunate to be a deadly serious handsome boyfriend. What's up with all the handsome men being gay? Ugh, another one cheated on, cheated on me after six months of the relationship. I never found out the real reason for his cheating, but Katie assured me it was the only reason because of my doubts of being intimate with him. So seemingly, he became disappointed. Wow. It wasn't my fault to take my time. I didn't want to be Virgin Mary, I just wanted my first time to be with someone special. I checked my iPhone for the third time. No calls, no messages from my mom. Of course. She was having fun with one of her fifth husbands. On an extravagant honeymoon, God knows where. I rolled my eyes unconsciously. She was a complete and utter weirdo. 
I entered the main office and immediately from the corner of my eye saw Jason staring at me from his desk. His door was always open because it had the perfect view of my office. So, she... I didn't pay attention to him and pretended not to notice so went straight to my office room and closed the door. I was not in a Jason staring mood at all. And, oh god, there was a note on my desk. Bring the final edits of the new collection before lunchtime. Barnard. Oh dear. Dear, dear Barnard. I know how to bring the final edits because you made me work like crazy to complete the designs. And now you even have the nerve to leave a note? The nerve of this old man astounded me. I went through the file to check everyday details when I heard a knock on my door. Come in. The door opened and I lifted my head just to see the only person that can brighten up my mood. Good morning, Leah. Jason stuttered. And here we go. Jason shined like a fucking sun in my dimly night. Great. Good morning, Jason. Do you want something? I tilted. He tilted his head to the side and looked at me with puppy dog eyes. I, uh, I wanted to ask if you needed help with any designs or, or, or. I was annoyed and I took a deep inhale. I didn't want to lose my self-control. <sighs> or... He was trying to catch something on his tongue. He was trying hard to make eye contact with me. Or... Or if, um, if you need coffee, I, I can get you one. Just leave me alone, Jason, I thought. No, Jason, I don't need any coffee. And with that, I lowered my head to show the conversation was over. He waited for a few, he waited for a few seconds and then sighed, then turned to leave. Close the door behind you, please. He sighed again and slowly closed the door. And when I first started my career, I didn't have any problems with anyone. But as time passed, Jason became the second shadow of me, always on my tail and always staring at me with those soft brown eyes. <sighs> All days went by, but he grew on me. He was tall and cute, and I somehow managed to even like his annoying stuttering when he was trying to make a simple conversation with me. He was very friendly and easy to talk to everyone, and not everyone hated him. But his stuttering, even once in a while, really annoyed me. <sighs> Everything was so different. After three months, he dared to ask me on a date in a very fancy restaurant. Well, he didn't ask me, he left me a note for me. And, well, I took it. I didn't want to accept the offer, but Katie encouraged me that maybe my special one in shining armor on a white horse could be Jason. I was tired of being a virgin, and I had some stupid hopes that Katie was right. Well, the dinner served in absolute silence. We didn't talk, and he was practically avoiding me any time when he made eye contact with me, and his breathing was so heavy, I thought he was on the verge of having a heart attack. He didn't even finish his food, and after an awkward two hours, I decided to do us a favor and call it a night for the both of us. 
My supposed special one with sweaty palms took my right hand and gave it a little squeeze without looking at me. And it was all so-called dinner dates. It was terrible. The next morning, I walked into the office building. Everyone was glazing at me knowingly and somehow made it a perfect crooked smile at me. I was confused, to say the least. That's the problem, I thought. I entered the main office, and I was shocked. For the first time, Jason's door was closed. I was relieved. Maybe last night was enough for him to think straight, I thought to myself. My relief didn't last long. Amy, one of my friends at work, took my arm and pushed me into her room. And before I could say anything, she wiggled her eyebrows. Well... How was last night, you bitch? I was beyond confused. What are you talking about? How could she know about last night? She laughed and put her hand on my shoulder. (laughs) No one act like you don't know. You didn't mention you had a crush on Jason. Oh, everyone knows. Don't look at me with that pretty dumb face. Jason told everything that you're his girlfriend and that you're so kind and sweet and explain everything in detail if you know what i mean what details exactly was she talking about were there details that i wasn't aware of my jaw dropped to the floor and for a second i thought of i don't even know i thought of talking and apparently i've lost the ability to do so Oh, Leah, I know Jason is sweet and adorable. You have such a complete and right to have such a passionate feeling with him. Well, I didn't tell him about your virginity, by the way. My whole body was on fire. I was blinking. Amy was so oblivious that with each sentence, I was becoming more and more furious. Oh, everyone was surprised. Who would have thought Jason and you together? So sweet. That was enough. Now, I knew why everyone was acting so damn weird today. It was Jason. Oh, Jason, I thought I was going to have to have an intense allergic reaction to all things Jason. How could he do this to me and me be his girlfriend? Jeez. How could he be and act so childish and out of order? He didn't even ask me to be his girlfriend. Hell, we didn't even talk. I stormed out and straight to that bastard's room. I didn't bother to knock. There he was with a stupid smile on his face and a bouquet on his desk. He was looking right into my eyes for the first time in a long time. The first time that I actually ever think I can recall. He stood up and took the bouquet in his hands and handed them towards me. Leah, sweetheart. Oh, no stuttering? Maybe in a different situation, I would have felt so touched. I would have found this romantic. I even noticed how attractive he was when he was a confident smile on his face. But unfortunately, I was losing my mind at the moment, and I was feeling a shraggling blood pressure in my veins that I was sure could pop some veins. Why is he acting so confused? I thought to myself. He made a big mistake and offered me the bouquet, and was the only motion I needed. I took it and slammed it into his face with all 
of my strength. How dare you? How dare you? I was frustrated. I was angry. How can someone that I've known for so long be so sweet, so quiet, and yet so irritating at the same time? What? I, uh, I, is that? He stuttered for a little bit. Ah, sweet Jason. Sweet, ignorant, stupid Jason. I stormed out of the office without barely any response from him. From that memorable day, I hated the fact that there was a guy named Jason in my workplace. All the staring and stupid behaviors continued, but I tried so hard, so hard to keep that straight, stupid bastard as far away from me as possible. I didn't give him a chance to explain his childish actions. And of course, Katie made fun of me and enjoyed my heated encounter. And even suggested she can make him come in front of Mr. Barnyard, our boss. And by experience, I knew she was capable of doing such crazy things, but I decided to leave the whole matter and never give it a second thought. I checked the time and it was 11.26. I stood up and smoothed out my kiki pencil skirt and headed towards Mr. Barnes' office. Jason, that's a bad, bad move, my guy. A very, very bad move. Okay, let's get one thing straight. I loved the first chapter of this story. Now, the grammar and punctuation and the few finer details of it could use a lot of more work, but let's get on to the prose first. The prose first is that this is a romance novel that has unique characteristics, or at least so far. So far, you have presented a character with a sassy attitude, a sassy mindset, a sassy everything. This honey is a bad mama jama. 100% and that I can appreciate. You didn't start the story off with something original or simple. Like in most romantic novels, they would have a prologue of them actually getting hot and heavy under the sheets and then to something really dramatic happening. You didn't do that and I can appreciate that. Thank you so much. You've made reading this novel a little bit more easier and reviewing it even more simpler for me. But also at the same time, while there are pros, There are a lot of cons within the story. First off, when you're having when you're having the story and you're talking about the speaking parts, one of the speaking parts is just a little dash. It's no quotation marks before it. It's just a literal dash. And also, when you're talking about the note on her desk, it literally it has quotation marks. Bring the final S to the collection room before lunchtime. That's a note. If anything, it would be bolded or italicized. Okay, guys, I'm using that word again. I'm going to say italics instead because I'm pretty sure that's not a word. Even my editor said, hey, Mystic, I don't think that's a word. But you know what? English is making a bunch of different words every single year. So why can't I just add this onto the dictionary as well? But back to the novel at hand. He used bringing to the final edits of the new collection for lunchtime, Barnard. That is like a note, so it would either be bold or it would be in italics. It would not be in quotation marks. And even if it was in quotation marks, it would have a singular quotation mark instead of a full set of two pairs of quotation marks for 
What reason you did that for is astounding to me also. Down here when she says come in, it's literally just a dash and come in. That is a speaking part, which should be in quotation marks. You also did that for down when Jason was speaking, saying, Good, good morning, Leah. Jason stuttered. A stutter would also have the little dash in between, between a two capital letters or capital and a lowercase letter. That's just my personal preference and the way that I see and do my own formatting for my novels and other novels that I have reviewed. So it just, it's okay. The way that I said it in the story would be good, 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 good morning. No, no, no. The way it's written here is good, dot, 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 good, dot, 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 morning, Leah. And how that would be said or thought, it would be good, good morning, Leah. That's not a stutter. That's like a whole pause for absolutely no reason to me. I don't understand why you did it. But maybe because you don't know how to do a good stuttering scene, the stuttering scene will mainly be a G, dash in the middle, another G for many times you want him to stutter, then continuing on with the rest of the word. You really wouldn't put a dot, 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 because that insinuates a pause that just doesn't need to be there at the moment. Also, it just, it continues on with the fact that you just don't use quotation words when it's speaking parts. And also, these speaking parts, this is just my personal preference, my own personal opinion when it comes to quotation marks and speaking parts of the actual characters. They should have, it should either be the start of a new set, it really kind of depends. Okay, let me break this down for you. When you're using quotation marks to say a speaking line of a character, that would be a whole different paragraph. So you put like a little paragraph space, like you hit that enter, enter little key button thingamajobber up on your keyboard and make a little space in between it and make a whole new like paragraph or like a whole new paragraph to continue on with a new person speaking and then quote who's speaking it. Or, if they're telling a story, you put the quotation marks, add a little bit of action description, and then you wouldn't put another space bar in between. You just put the quotation mark back up and continue on with the character is saying. Like, for instance, I like, like, say if a character Bobby Joe was saying, I like shoes, but shoes taste like macaroni and cheese. Then you would end the quotation marks and says, Johnny looks around the room to all of his friends, looking quite surprised and shocked that he likes shoes that taste like mac and cheese. His quotation marks start up again and says, well, I can clearly see that you guys don't like mac and cheese. That's a short but stupid example of how to use quotation marks properly, at least in my opinion. I'm just a little bit nitpicky with that, so don't take it to heart. I am, like, not super nitpicky, but those finer details really, really make the difference into really making this a different and good novel. Also, the fact that you did have a lot of grammar issues that I did really have trouble stuttering over, and also some of the dramatic sentences just didn't make sense within the novel. Like, your overall plot that you have going on so far is good, but at the same time, it could be a lot better. I, I know you can do a lot better than this. Like, I have faith in you. I believe you can do, like, a lot better than what you're doing right here already. And I saw the, um... I remember putting down um in my what's it putting down in your comments basically saying like there needs to be spaces because there was just one extremely long paragraph for no absolute reason. But Inkit, you did say you were having some problems with Inkit, so I understand that technical errors always happen, but always remember when you're posting an episode not a posting episode. When you're posting a 
a chapter in your novel, you always have to double check these things. You always have to make sure, okay, what am I presenting to people? This is what they're going to see. And even if you want, even if before you post it, you can always preview it, check it over with a friend saying, hey, bro, why don't you look at my book real quick? I'll pay you $5. Okay, you may not actually pay the person $5, but the point still stands. You have to preview it. You have to check it. Honestly, if you are having grammar or like punctuational issues, one of the main things that I use as I am in the process of trying to find a new editor is Grammarly. Now, do I say Grammarly will solve all your issues? No, but will it solve both of them? Yes. Also, there's an extreme lack of detail within this novel. I don't know what the building looks like. I don't know what the MC main character, I don't know what she looks like. I know Jason has pretty brown eyes, but all guys have pretty brown eyes. You gotta be a little bit more specific. You gotta add a little bit more juice up in that detail department. You know, you gotta really hammer down on those finer imprints. Like, I'm not telling you, like, tend up, like, writing... I know in some books, oh my god, especially in Twilight, they literally spend like two chapters just like describing a flower for absolutely no reason. But at the same time, you have to keep those minor details apart. I guess she's walking up the stairs. Are they rickety stairs? Are they shiny stairs? Like, this is, the company is a luxurious and high-profile jewelry brands all around the world. So, of course, they're going to have lavish steps. They're going to have pretty nice chandeliers and stuff like that. The offices are going to be spacious, large, and nice. What is on her desk? What did she keep on her desk as personal objects? How nice is her office room? Also, you used the word Amy, but at the same time, I could have sworn that it was Katie, if I'm saying her name correctly, K, not K, C-A-T-I-E, basically Katie, she was the only one who knew about Leah's virginity, so that kind of confused me a little bit, like, I thought Katie was her only close friend, even though she references her as a bitch, like, I thought Katie was her only close friend, so I'd have another character by the name of Amy up in there, where it's just a little bit weird for me. Like, does everybody know that she's a virgin? If one of her office members knew it, and Jamie, Jason, <laughs> just didn't know it. Like, I don't know. I feel like you had to been a little bit, I feel like you should have been a little bit more specific with those, like I said, those minor details really make a huge difference. But overall, your novel was pretty good. It was, like I said, it was a lot more unique and a lot more different than other previous novels that I have read in the past, which actually made me feel like a lot better because not all good stories, not not all good stories have to be perfect stories. You can have the best plot in the world, but have like the crappiest grammar in the world at the same time. For me, your plot really sold through more than anything. Without your plot, I probably would have not continued reading. But your plot was just so non-original, but it's still, it was non-original. Chapter, I read up to chapter 8, I believe. Um, it had an, it was non-original, the chapters themselves. But when you got into the summary that was supposed to pull in the reader, I felt like that was just very general. Like two handsome guys fighting over this one chick. Like, I felt that was really, really original. But for overall rating, I would definitely... Here, let's go with plot first. For plot, I would give it a definite 3, 3.5. For writing style, 
I really don't see a writing style in your thing. I know the character style. I know the character's characteristics. But I really don't see how she sees things due to those lack of details that you just don't add within the novel. So I would definitely say the writing style is probably a 2.5. And I'm not saying it to hurt you. I'm not saying to, like, discourage you. I'm saying it to encourage you. I want you to do better. I want you to send the same exact book to me three months or so from now, or maybe two weeks from now, or something like that, to show me your actual progress, to show me that you can do better, that I know you can do better. So much better. If you put in the extra effort, you can do so much better. But the writing style is a definite 2.5 for me, because I didn't really get a sense of how you write in that. Punctuation and grammar was awesome. It's just, I'm so sorry. It was just a one star for me. Barely even that, because there was just so drum so many grammatic issues within the novel, which we all have. We all have those moments. Not even myself is perfect. Like, 100%. I'm re-editing the same book that I've been writing for, like, two to three years, and I'm still finding some errors here and there within my novel. I'm like, oh my god, how long have you been writing, you idiot? It's completely okay. It's okay to not be perfect your first time. It's okay to not have the skills required to need to write a better novel. And your novel, your plot is so good, which really brings down my review and the rating for it. Because the overall rate with your only highest score being the plot will literally get you a two point, like a 2.5 or 3. Which is so upsetting because I know this plot is so unique, especially within the romance community. If you develop this story more, I know you can do so much better. You can go so far with Mongolia. Sorry if I said the name wrong the whole entire time. I am a Spanish and French person, so looking at these words, I'm like, hmm, hmm. Okay, I see a G and an N right there. Which tone do I want to have with this? Do I want to have a Spanish But that's not the point. The point of the matter being is, you can do so much better than this. If you put more effort in, I can definitely, I definitely want to see your improvement. I want you to send me the same exact story a couple weeks or months or so, however long it takes. I really, really want you to hammer out chapter one. And I really want you to edit some more within the summary. Summaries are basically... Summaries, I feel like, are more opinion-based than actual the writing pieces. So, I'm not going to tell you to change your summary due to the fact that it has, like, an original piece to it. Like I said, you have an original summary, but, like, a uniqueish story. So, those two just kind of clash for me. Even though you had a unique summary, but an original story, that made more sense to me in my head. But at the same time, you don't have to change the summary. It's good where it is for now. But I would take some time looking over it in the future. Like, it's not bad. It's just, it falls into that original category for me. And I want to read something unique. I want to feel intrigued. I want to look at this story and say, Yo fam, this story is different. This person is different. Let me go hop up in this corner real quick. Let me give my quick review in my comments, you know? So, author Moon Phoenix One, you can do a lot better. I know you can. Please, please, I really, really, really want to see the outcome of this. I really want to see if you change it, what will happen, and if I would be even more enticed in the story than I already am. 
But other than that, that is the end of our episode. Stay tuned for a little blooper episode at the end as we will be giving you some more reviews based on Mangolia. But other than that, catch you guys next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast episode. Also, special shout out to Moon Phoenix's one Instagram account follower, like all the posts and stuff like that and so on. Also, this episode is only to share my opinions. It's not here to harm you, hurt you, or any way. Everybody can develop in their own way and there's always something at the end of the day that will make you unique. You are the only person that can be you and you're the only person that can relate like you. You're the only person who can think of stories like this. You're the only person who has amazing character names and such as like that and so on. You are you. And at the end of the day, you can be you and be the best you you can be. Thank you guys for listening. As we kept it real on this, Mystical Mode.